Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, hello and welcome to all. Oh, no, it's not all things radio. No, not that. <laughs> no, 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 never, no. never, never, never. We did that already this week. Yeah, yeah. We, I think and we it's did not that. Twin Spin Tuesdays. Oh, I know. Well, that's right. No, we have to do a whole other all things radio because Sean had probably tons of stuff to say he didn't get to say. On right, Thursday. so he that's didn't a, get to say. So. Yeah, may, I think. Well, maybe anyway, it is. It is Sports Lounge yeah. Live. That was Bill. This is, I'm Chris. <laughs> we are uh, getting started. That uh, we've got a long. I, I think settle in, folks. We got a long uh, show for you. I know we do because we have uh, all our odds and ends. We have some good news on the NBA front. We have some ugh, news on baseball. We have some news in the middle uh, about all the other odds and ends. We have and we're gonna- 11... 11- 11 death to cover. We have horse uh, race horses. We have football coaches. We have many, uh, almost everybody in the world of sports uh, the, from every category. We've got folks. Uh, we then uh, have this day in history. I got some Belmont results for you from uh, from years past. Uh, the Belmont, Baseball, actually, Belmont, and a few others. Baseball, and you will. Belmont and by the way, guys, you will not lose us at, at nine o'clock tonight. We are, right. We're we're no, full show won't. on the air tonight. Right. Yeah. So this is this is uh, um, what is it? June seventh of two thousand twenty. Yes. Show number ninety six. And uh, so, Sean, you are, are chomping at the bit. I know that you didn't really get to do anything on Thursday. Why don't you get started with your pre- uh, preliminary uh, conversation you have? Well, of course, you can dial in on the number that our staff announcer, Marty, gave you on Zoom uh, on the recording. Or you can dial in on our other number, 317-886-1103. Use that number if you're just coming in to make a comment. And then get on out. Just use that. The other numbers, if you're hanging out and you want to comment at various times on the Zoom number. Also, if you want to comment any time throughout the week, sports lounge at allthingsradio.net or 800-693-0595, option number two. And say the voicemail is for Sports Lounge Live, and we will play it. So, um I guess, yeah, we had some pretty big events come out this yes. week. Well, before, first, why don't we get the NASCAR out of the way, because that happened today, and we that way we won't forget. So, Robert, you, you said yeah. you have the info. Okay, uh, here's, what, here's what happened in NASCAR today. Kevin Harvick won the Atlanta race. Kyle Busch finished second, and Martin Truex Jr. was third. The next NASCAR race will be on Wednesday uh, from uh, Martinsville in Virginia. Exciting. 
And the, and that no, that they said it's a cup. Uh, it's a oh, cup it's series cup race. Okay. Yes, uh, and because they made a big deal about it today on Fox, uh, it's going to be uh, under the lights, 7 p.m. Eastern on FS1, and then next Sunday afternoon at 3:30 back on Big Fox. They're going to be at uh, Homestead, Florida. So the next that's the next two NASCAR races, and also uh, just to throw it out there, uh, boxing and golf return this week. Also, so yes. Well, well it sounds like NASCAR is getting enough races in with these two a week deals that they're doing well, that they may basically have a full season by the time they. Well, finish. And, they're, and they're trying to make up their six races that they've missed, and right now this will be three of the six because they've had three Wednesday races yeah. thrown in with the Sundays. So, so if they can get them done by three. if they keep doing it up through July Fourth, they'll have them made up or whatever, you know. And, 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 and their boxes. And their ra- their Fox. ratings are out of out of this world too. So yeah, and they're trying to get the Fox races because remember it switches over to NBC at right. the end of the month. It's just, mm-hmm. so they're trying to get Fox is trying to get their races. That makes sense. In. Yeah, their races and that well, all the more July Fourth is when it switches, so they want to get them in before that. That's right. Right. So okay, yeah. well the before NBA, we, we before we to- get to, before we get to the NBA, Chris, we already have our staff announcer Marty is on the line with us. So uh, Marty, uh, go ahead. Hey Marty. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, you guys. I was going to, uh, I had some deaths and some days in history. You already may have these, Chris. And so uh, I want to talk, though, about Grant Napier. Uh, oh, I, I definitely am going to talk about that, Marty. I'm glad you reminded me, but go ahead. And I'll try to clear this up as much as I can. Um, when I heard on Tuesday that he'd gotten fired, I was just, I was incensed. Um, so I, I called a friend of mine who worked in the Sacramento market. He worked at uh, uh, KNCI, and he worked at uh, Croy even back in the good old days. I remember Croy, at, uh, yes. Yeah, he worked at yeah. Croy in the good old days, and he, and he worked at uh, CARE, uh, 92.5 also. And he knew Grant a little bit, and he says, here's what happened. Um, it wasn't quite as simple as they laid it out in the news story. Um, what happened was, I mean, basically, what he they got right what he said. It's how he said it, evidently. Him and Cousins have had a feud for a long time, and I guess Cousins happened to notice that he was on Twitter and thought, you know, I'm going to bait this guy. I know I can do it. I want to get him fired. So he gets on Twitter and and asks, you know, about the Black Lives Matter. Hey, Grant, what do you think, man? And Grant goes in all caps, and I guess I'm not into this too much, but I guess when you talk in all caps, it means you're mad. You're yelling. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're yelling, and he proceeded to respond to DeMarcus Cousins yelling, basically, all lives matter. And, you know, basically, he was mad, he was yelling. And and I guess after that, some guys on the Kings said, well, you know how he is, he's a racist. And that was somewhat backed up by, remember when Donald Sterling, they tried to kick Donald Sterling out of the NBA, and they finally, they did. They did, but, yep. Uh, yep. yep. And, and, and Grant went on the air and said, Donald Sterling's not a racist, he employs black people. Oh. And... <laughs> And, and I know Robert, you've heard Grant, and, and yeah, you probably uh, yeah. he he can be a jerk too at times. And uh, yeah. now I met I met him. I found him to be a very likable guy. But um, and I guess when he started doing his talk show way back in the beginning <laughs> of, of Hot Talk, um, he lambasted fat people a little bit, and so he's kind of got this reputation. And it's to the point now, I guess, where a lot of the kings don't want to go on his show. And here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. 
what's the major, what's the only major sports team in Sacramento? It's the Kings. So that would I be mean, the Sacramento Kings. Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And, and when you're, when you, when your players don't want to go on with this guy, uh, because of his reputation, fair or not, he's a racist. I'm not going to say he is, but that is the belief, right. at least on some of the Sacramento Kings. I think they felt like they really had no choice. It, it was not so much what he said. It was the insensitivity with which he said it. And if he would have just gone on and said, hey, DeMarcus, you know, I know we haven't always agreed. And, you know, we haven't always seen things side to eye. But, you know, man, you know and I know that all lives matter. That would have right. been fine. But that's, yeah. that's not quite how it came out. And that's why. And, by the way, and I think you knew this too, Robert. He resigned from the Kings. He was not fired. The Kings were just going to basically uh, give him a leave of absence and say, hey, we need to investigate this. But he, he resigned on his own. So that's, that's great. Well, You're I'll, an you know, land somewhere. I, I, I tell you what. Um, now I, I don't I don't think Grant Napier is a racist, but I do know uh, because I used to follow the Kings on a daily basis. But I got sick of the way they were running their team, and I've, I've gladly switched back to the Warriors. But uh, I do know from the day that Mar- Demarcus Cousins hit Sacramento, him and Grant Napier never saw eye to eye. And oh yeah. Uh, if anybody, if anybody was going to pull a stunt to to get him in trouble, it would have been it would have been Demarcus Cousins. But I sincerely hope that, you know, I don't know if he'll get his NBA job back with the Kings. I doubt that. But I sincerely hope he he I, I sincerely hope he gets his radio job back because he's a he's a very good talk show host. But you got to remember, Marty, he grew up in New York City, and him oh, and yeah. And him and Christopher Mad Dog Russo grew up together. Apparently, they went to school together. It would not surprise me one bit if one day uh, Mr. Napier isn't on Sirius XM satellite radio oh, on that, Mad Dog. That's, you know, that's where know, the fired people. That's where the fired people go. Sirius XM. Don't they? And you know. And you know what? Uh, I'll tell you this one, Marty. Christopher Russo did address this on Friday, and he said that one piece of advice that he would give any talk show or anybody like that. He said, stay off social media because he said, there's always going to be somebody out there, no matter who it is, there's going to be somebody out there trying to bait you because Russo says, he said, that's why he will never be on social media because there's always going to be somebody out there who's got it in for you. you, If you're on you, use it to promote your show and talk about what's coming on the show and put put show content, not other, not personal. Yeah, right. That's what a lot of announcers say. So, Marty, I guess you do have a call in that we're going to play when we start our death segment, I think. And you have uh, some stuff. Was there anything you wanted to say? Uh, Or or, I guess if we're going to play the call, then that covers it. But, uh, you know, anything specific that you wanted to get in uh, live at this point? Well, the the, uh, the other thing I emailed, too, a couple things from today's Chronicle that I don't know if you had. um, And I'll give them to – do you have uh, Kurt Thomas? Yes, we got that. Yes, we, we had got Kurt Thomas. Okay, good. All right, then I'll let you take care. How about uh, on this day in 1987, do you know what happened in college baseball today? No. No. Stanford won its first college World Series. Oh, oh yes, okay. that's right. That was his, that Abbott yep. won. Yes, that is correct. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, well, uh, the, was, was, no, Elway wasn't on the team then because that no, was no, too no, no, Abbott. Abbott, 87, Elway was already in the NFL. That's right. Jim okay. Abbott, he played and for uh, the Angels. The Angels. The no, no, but in College World Series, he played for, uh, oh. Didn't he play for Michigan or Michigan State, one of those? He might have. No. The winning, I the can't, winning pitcher, though, for Stanford was Jack McDowell. Oh, oh, that's right. Game. Black that's, Jack. Okay. That's right. And, All right, that's a good and Ed one. Sprague was 
Ed Sprague was playing third base, and mm-hmm. yep. Ruben Amaro Jr. was in the outfield. Oh, a lot of that, that two uh, two sons of major leaguers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, thanks, Marty. That that gets to show up because that was something I didn't have written down, and it certainly was a big story. And, uh, and we you know. needed, to, and that covered Grant Napier, which segues into the other NBA news that we have. Yeah. The, the better NBA news. So we got better NBA news. So what we have is we had to a twenty-nine to one vote. The board of governors, aka the owners, voted. To, I don't know who the one was. I don't know if that ever came. Uh, yeah, Portland. never said who the one it was, was. Portland. It was Portland. Portland. Oh, hey, they're getting in the tournament. What's they their were problem? They were the ones benefiting. Oh, you I know, know, but oh, what's his name? Didn't want to. Uh, Lillard didn't want to go, and so you know, but he's not a board of governor. He's a player. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. but you know how they kowtow to their superstar. Anyway, yeah. so there are going to be twenty-two teams. What we're going to have are thirteen teams from the west and nine teams from the east. And what they did that was fair, fair. They said we're going to have eight more games, and I don't know how they're going to schedule them. I assume they're going to do it sort of by the bracket, so like the upper teams will play each yeah. other and the lower teams will play. So you have meaningful games. So you get the teams that are struggling for those last playoff spots and might lose a seed. You know, the six through thirteen in the West and, you know, whatever, play each other in the East. They can kind of all each play a game against everybody. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. But anyway, it's going to be eight games left. They're going to pick up the standings where we are. So about three weeks from now, we're going to, or four weeks from now, the end of July 25th, I will read those standings again so that you know where we are when we go into that. And but the problem is, though, the only confusion is some teams are at 65 games, some are at yes. 64. There's a talk that they may put everybody at 64 games and do the same. No, do it that they way, said, but... that I heard on the news today that they're going to go by percentages so if you're you know yeah. whatever 40 and 32 and the other team's 41 and 33 you're going to win because you're 40 and 32 and your percentage is higher than the 41 and 33 team so that's how it's going to go and now milwaukee's practically got that already sewn up they're ahead by like six games or something so they get nothing yeah to, they, they'll be like playing exhibition games they won't care about anything they're going to have the number one seed so the way it's going to work as i say we're going to have washington and the eight playoff teams we, we ran them down last week the west is going to have the top eight teams which we mentioned last week portland despite the owner's vote new orleans Sacramento, San Antonio, and Phoenix. So, and within six games, that's how they, they drew it up. So the teams in the West that aren't going are Minnesota and Golden State. So, Robert, you don't have to worry about it. And in the East, it's Charlotte, Chicago, New York, Detroit, uh, Cleveland, and Atlanta will not be going. So those are your eight teams that are out. And let's see. Uh, so then they're going to have an 8-9 game. If if there's within four games, uh, I yeah, think it's two four. Games, it's basically, it's two-game series, basically, is what it is. Sort of. But it's like the eight sure. has the advantage. So if they win the game, then they're gonna they're gonna win it. If they win game two, even they're gonna win it. But it, so the other team has to win. What do they have to win? Is that how it works? Uh, one. It's a best of two. It's a best of two. If the if the night team wins, night team wins, they have to win again a second time. But all the eight place team has to do is win one game. So it's sort of, of a semi best of two. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fine. Sort of like college baseball winner loser bracket kind of thing. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's fine. Let's see. The draft is going to be on. Oh, so they, anyway, so the regular season is going to start on July 31st. That's going to be a, and I'm sure they've got enough venues to, they could even get it started earlier in the day, like four in the afternoon. People will be psyched. They're, so you may see like a quadruple three, header or something. They're talking games a day because of the different courts they can use. Yeah. They're at Disney. They're talking like maybe a noon, four, eight o'clock game or something like that. Something yeah, like you that. could do that. Or, you know, at least on the weekends and then on the, on the, uh, like Friday, maybe start at like four in the afternoon, have a happy hour NBA Friday kind of thing. You know, people would love it. And then, so the, you've got that going. You have those those eight 
games. That'll take them about two weeks because they won't make them play back to back. That'll take them about two weeks. Then they'll get They're into talking the every other day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they'll probably be, uh, yeah, so they'll work that out. So they'll play a couple of weeks of games. Then they'll get the playoffs going, the 8-9 thing, and then you'll have your regular playoffs, the seven-game series, and they think they'll be done around uh, around Columbus Day, basically, is when yeah. they think they'll be done. And then the draft will be on October 22nd, and then the early to mid-December will start the 2021 season, again, depending on uh, no pandemic uh, pickup that we might have around that time. And then um, – and uh, then they will be finish that one around mid-July. So it's a little bit like what they talked about starting Christmas and going into August, but they're going to do the early to mid-September and December and go to July. Um, and the yeah. draft lottery, the draft lottery will be August 25th. Now, when they get to the regular playoffs, when they get to the best of 16, it will mm-hmm. be best of seven, just like, you know, the when they get to the final 16, it'll be... It'll be best of seven, just like it is. You know, the eight yep. in each conference. It'll be yeah, and the one eight. They'll have the brackets one eight four five. You know, two seven three six. Yeah, like so. The they're not two. shortening it to best of three or best of five or anything. No. They're going to leave those all at best of seven. Yeah. And so I think both leagues, limiting- the way their standings fell, did a good job. Both hockey and basketball did a good job because we brought up that thing about San Antonio and Phoenix or whatever, whoever it was. <clears throat> that they were tied with, or was maybe it wasn't Phoenix, uh, but either way, they did. They took care of that. That was good. It gives gives everybody a chance that deserves a chance. I think. And right now, they're saying thirty five people per team can travel there to to the Disney World, the ESPN Wide World, the Sports Complex. So, right. Yeah. I know Max and Sean, you know, Sean Grandy and Cedric Maxwell are planning to be there. You know, I'm, I'm sure the TV guys will be there. You know, the media folks will go, and it's one place, so it's very easy. It's not like the baseball that we're going to talk about later, where you're, you're not going from place to place, and they don't want to spread people around. So this will be fine. They'll be in the in the in whatever the protocols are, and it will be for media, will be for the players and everybody there. So the other NBA news, media news, Adam Amin is going to be uh, replacing Neil Funk on TV uh, for the Bulls starting in the 2021 season. The, night, the later season, it's always confusing with these silly numbers in this year in particular. The one that's going to start early December in 2020. That's the season we're talking about. TV or like, radio? Just, right, TV. <laughs> TV. Oh, okay, I thought Neil Funk was radio. No, yeah, no, no, Chuck, Chuck Swarsky is radio. And yeah, uh, okay, Chris okay. also he with Adam used Am- to do TV radio. Yeah. I mean. Also, yeah. Adam Amin is going to do uh, along with his uh, Bulls responsibilities. He will do for Fox. He will do NFL games and baseball games. Okay. So then we also, and we got, now we've alluded a little to the Black Lives Matter. We're not going to get into the issue, but we do need to mention that we have uh, unwittingly something we didn't plan. We have a, a, a medical experiment going on because we had all these demonstrations. You know, what's the big fear? Having big crowds, having big gatherings. Well, you had 100,000 people or however, 200,000, whatever it was in Washington yesterday. You had people obviously not social distancing when you're in a group like that. You have some people with masks, some people not. So what are we going to have? We're going to have... Uh, this could, if it goes well the next three, two, three weeks, it could encourage people to not be as paranoid as they might have been about crowd sizes and some of the other stuff, you know, for sports things down the road. If it doesn't go well, then it may cause uh, people to cut back on, on what they're expecting, uh, you know, expecting uh, for crowds. And uh, we'll, it's, a, it's actually kind of a, a break for sports to get something like this because we'll, we'll see how it works. And they, they will track, you know, especially if you have good testing and tracking, some states do, some states don't, because the, one of the first questions they're going to ask the new cases is did you go to these demonstrations you know they're going to want to know that so let's see well one thing chris one thing that we want to know is jerry go ahead 
Okay, a couple of things. Uh, Jim Abbott checked on with Google, played for Michigan, 1985 to 88, according it to was that. Michigan. I knew it was one of the teams. I knew it was Michigan or Michigan State. Yeah, I was, because I remember him in college. I remember that yeah. College World Series. Mm-hmm. And do you guys have the IndyCar result? No, no we do not. Scott, Scott Dixon won the race. That's oh, that's right. That's right. He's he's now tied with AJ Ford or past AJ Ford for the number of years he won races. If you, have results, if you have results, let us know, there, dear. Okay, well, that's what I heard too. To Scott, that's what uh, okay, I didn't watch like second or first. Or and again, he okay. t- he had a tied or past AJ Ford for the number of seasons he'd won a race in. Now that he he's won done in that, a cakewalk so. too, it was an easy win for him. Okay. And yeah. Grant right. thing, all I'm going to say is a slip of a lip can slip. Well, again, he was baited, but on the other hand, that was the first thing that came out of his mind. You know, he should have, like like we said, he should have said, you know, all, you know, um, it, it's a t- sad situation and just very, very neutral about it. I mean, he was in yeah. a bad place and just very messed similar, it up. Very similar with like, and we're not going to go into the Drew Brees. I mean, it's been covered. It's not what you say. And a lot of other situations mm-hmm. is not what you say. It's how you say it. Right. Right. So, but you know, I, I got to tell you that our, our friend Marty taught me something about Twitter tonight, and I've never done it, but I now know don't do not put out a tweet in all caps. So yeah. I won't that's do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And that's, no, that's not hard tweet. to do. Oh, wait, hold, hold on, Bill. Go ahead. I said that's not hard to do. We also lost a sports reporter here for a week. Oh. Big Joe. It does the mornings with Jeffrey. He was suspended for a week for insensitive remarks and he's lucky that's all he got and his mm-hmm. co-host you said is is it jeff rickard yes and that's the like, one that's the one for those who listened to, to mad dog that's the one robert that christopher russo was calling jeff rickard remember him yes i i know i know okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. so so we, we got some other odds and ends to get to and then we'll, well get to the set real quick now real quick do you ever, we don't talk a lot of this okay but last night ufc amanda nunez is like their biggest star and she won the pay-per-view featherweight title, uh, first woman there to, she holds two belts, and she's actually defending two belts, the women's featherweight and the women's 135-pound weight. She won that. And, of course, Conor McGregor, well, he's proving that UFC's taking a page out of boxing. He retired again for the third time. So, yeah. Hey, that's your <laughs> oh, they love that. Okay. Believe me, I, I, believe me, I love boxing, but that, that that's kind of absurd when okay. boxers do that kind These of thing. These are just some odds and ends to get, get on the record. The uh, the government Massachusetts said as of yesterday, pro sports teams can start working out. Most states are doing that by now. Notre Dame and Navy are going to play for the first time in Annapolis, Maryland. They decided they were not going to go to Dublin August first 29th. of all. On, on, August oh, August 29th. Okay, and uh, so they're going to play in Annapolis at the Navy uh, field. So that's the first time Notre Dame, who's been playing Navy for years and years and years, 40, 50 years in a row, and uh, Navy finally won one of those games about two or three years ago. They hadn't won one, but uh, they uh, even though Navy's been a decent program, just Notre Dame always beat them. But uh, they are finally going to play in Annapolis. If, when they played in the Navy home games, they've been in Washington or Philadelphia or somewhere, or San Diego uh, or various places. There's been various places where Navy has a. Uh, you know, a naval, whether it's a naval, a lot of big, a, big like, a bunch of the fleet year, is there or something. This year was supposed yeah. to have been in Dublin, Ireland. Yes, that's right. Um, Floyd Mayweather donated, was paid, played for George Floyd's funeral, and that's very nice. And, of course, the funeral, I don't know what aspect he's paying for because we had the different ceremonies and everything else in Minnesota uh, he's North Carolina. Big, he's paying for the big funeral on Tuesday in Houston. In Houston. So, okay. On Monday. No, tomorrow. 
Monday and Tuesday. Okay, okay. I, heard, I, I heard Tuesday, but thanks, no, Sean. tomorrow. So, Sean, okay. Sean, why don't you talk about this? Uh, what did the federal judge in Waco do uh, with uh, Baylor, uh, ongoing okay. Baylor federal scandal? Ju- oh, yeah. Federal judge in Waco has ordered Baylor to to put forth any written documents they have on the Pepper Hamilton report. Remember the Pepper Hamilton report, for those of you who do not remember, Baylor, they had this scandal where players were raping, assaulting women, and it was covered up, and it was basically looked at that it was the women's fault. It was covered up by the DA in Waco, the Baylor Campus Police, uh, Baylor Board of Regents, Art Ryle, all kinds of people, just Ken Starr, yes, that Ken Starr, mm-hmm. that same yep. one who was president at the time, yeah. So the Pepper Hamilton report, it was a 13-page deal, but what they did, it was an oral report they just read, taking notes. So supposedly there's no – they were like, oh, well, we don't have a written report, but the federal judge says you have to produce something written because we need to see – because Baylor – it's a private institution, a Baptist institution, but it is a very strong law school, and a lot of legislators, legislators and government officials in the state of Texas, both Republican and Democrat, had their uh, degrees, their law degrees, from Baylor University. So unlike the state schools, they were protected and allowed to get away with this. A number of members of the Board of Regents are still there on the Board of Regents, so... You know, it looks like NCAA hasn't done anything. Of course, NCAA still, there's a bunch of other things the NCAA hasn't acted on. I mean, Michigan State with Larry Nassar, they haven't acted on, uh, you know, any of that. But But they did ban Oklahoma State for one year. Yeah, they be oh yeah, yeah, they, yeah, because they took. But I mean, yeah, you you take a payoff, you take a little payoff or something, they ban you. But but if you but you any criminal activity, oh, that's in our department. Yeah. So you know, okay. But, but they're what other, but they're, what doing, other they're thing? looking at this. One other thing, Chris, and we'll, we'll, I'll do this one, and then, Bill, we'll, go to, we'll take our break after yeah. this because we're coming right up to it. Uh, a story broke on Friday night when we were in our sports conference about the University of Iowa football program uh, about some of the African-American players saying that a couple of coaches were uh, insensitive and, and uh, had made racial comments. The coaches mentioned were Chris Doyle, the strength and conditioning coach, and Brian Ferentz, who is the offensive coordinator, who just, by the way, happens to be the son of Kirk Ferentz, the coach. Uh, but all the players have said that Kirk Ferentz is not the problem, that it was Chris Doyle and Brian Ferentz. Well, Chris Doyle has been placed on administrative leave while it inve- the investigation it continues. He re- issued a statement today saying he's never done anything racial, never made racial comments. So we'll have to see how that works. And of course, Brian Ferentz, that's going to be the interesting one because uh, when you're the coach's son, you know, a lot of people are going to say, is he going to be treated a little bit differently than, than, than Chris Doyle will be. So we will wait and see what happens on that. But Bill, why don't we take our break and then we'll come back and probably get into the world of how baseball can stay out of its own way. (laughs) Really? I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. 
but he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Well, back we are. I I forgot to put these guys right back up. There you go. All right. And so uh, okay. there's no well, real we, stats for the listeners tonight. The yeah. server is a little laggy, so we'll okay. just go right on because we got a lot well, by of the work time, there. Yeah, by we'll the time just say, we get we'll, done. How about, the, how about this? We'll just say hello to everybody right. who is hello, listening. Everybody. Hello, everybody. And, yeah. and we'll be, we still got a ways to go. We've uh, finished, almost finished the odds and ends, but we have to do the sad baseball story. Well, Perry, since you're sort, yeah. of, you're sort of been following this right along, why don't you uh, fill us in? Then I had a proposal. Can we get to some, uh, before we get to baseball, let's finish up a right. couple more odds and ends. Let's go ahead and get the stuff because let's go ahead and get the stuff that is that we know is coming back. As Robert mentioned, a top ranked boxing coming back this Tuesday. Yeah, that'll be uh, Tuesday P- night on ESPN, seven p.m. PGA so Tour returns Thursday right. at noon, uh, Golf Channel, and then with the Memorial at the Colonial in Fort Worth. Those of you that are soccer fans, English Premier League is on the 17th. Uh, that's when they come back. They they have to finish their season, even though they look like their championships run up. But for those of you that don't know in England, what they do, their bottom three teams, they boot them down to a lower league if they are underperforming for so many years, and then they move three other teams up. So they're trying to see which three teams are booted down and who's going to so they have to finish their season to do that. They're coming back. And the Belmont is coming up very soon uh, on the, 20th. The, the opening of the 20th triple crown on the 20th. So yep, yeah, that's, that's right. just a few more letting you know. Uh, we're giving you some positivity before we delve into baseball. Okay. There we oh, boy, go. There's so, a lot. So we'll, of we'll let Perry. We'll be. We'll let Perry do be the bearer of uh, gloom and doom, and then we'll we'll bat things around. And I came up with another proposal that they won't follow. But uh, talk show hosts are always coming up with cool proposals, <laughs> and everybody says, "Hey, I like your idea," but nothing ever happens. But anyway, go ahead, Perry. Before we get to that, let's give you a couple of baseball notes. Uh, Chris Archer is done for the season. He had surgery. He had kind of a pain in his neck and, and shoulder. And uh, he is having surgery to solve that. The Pirates have an $11 million club option for him for next year. I, we we know what they'll do with that. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, Braves outfielder Marzell Ozuna, his wife has been arrested for domestic violence. They don't think it's a serious issue, but number one, she's been arrested and given a stay away from him order. So uh, okay. this isn't now this. Remember, this is not Marzello Zuna. This is his wife. So, you know, not to be confused with him. 
but right. that is going on. But here's the, the the big news. Really, in baseball, there there really is no news because the owners, whatever the players, their 114 game schedule thing that we discussed with you last week, the owners rejected that. The players have sent a letter to the owners, basically saying, "Well, if you institute this 48 game schedule, uh, that we're gonna we may not approve the expanded playoffs." Um, basically if they want to start by July 4th, according to the two GMs, Duquette and Bowden, uh, and they had Dan Duquette on this morning too. So you had two Duquettes and a Bowden. Okay. They were saying that if they really want to start by July 4th, they have to report by this Friday. So they maybe only have a day or two if that's going to yep. even work. That's but right. Yeah. Uh, apparently, you know, they were saying that it, it, you could start a little bit later and just play some double headers. The owners do not want to go more than just a couple days into November because of a lot of factors. They they don't want to hit the election, which is November 3rd. Um, they don't want to get into the NFL, which I mean, they are not anyway. The Masters will be masters. going. So there's a lot yeah. of things. But the owners are considering just implementing a 48 game schedule. And that is not. I have not found anybody that considers that a positive because no. it really no. 48 games, that doesn't even give you time to know what your team is going to look like. That's right. No. Now I, my proposal, and this is, this is pie in the sky. This is me. And you know, I'm saying, all right, let's, I want to play as many games as we can and play in the parks, you know, while you can, basically you can play in the parks till the end of October. You might have some rain, but you can basically people, we do it all the time. We had world series games in Halloween and early November at various places. So we can do that. So, I'm all for an 80, 114. Now, if they'd agree with the 84, 82 and get off the dime and get it started now, I wouldn't mind, you know, get get it started or in July, maybe the middle of July. That'd be great. They'd still beat the NBA and NHL and they'd get a little prime time. But my thought is play the games that you, let's say you went for, let's just totally dream and say we go for a hundred and some odd game, play them in sometime in July through October. Then in November, we go back to the Florida, Arizona, Texas plan to play the playoffs. So you played your regular season in your home park. You play the playoffs in neutral sites. So you don't let Houston be, if they're in the playoffs, they don't get to play in their stadium necessarily because they're going to be in a site. And it won't be that site. They might be in Arizona or whatever. Because again, now this is assuming that you don't have any fans. This is the other side of the argument that was brought up when I proposed this before. But what it does, if you did it this way, you could play your playoffs through November. The playoffs basically take a month. You're playing in November, you've just we just told you that hockey's going to pretty much be over around Columbus. Uh, basketball's going to be pretty much over by Columbus Day. Hockey says they'll be over by Halloween. Maybe they'll be a little earlier. I don't know because we don't have the sites and we don't have the date for hockey. But they said Halloween, so we'll if we do that, then we say, all right, here's November. Yeah, it's in the middle of the NFL season, assuming all is going well. Uh, college football is doing what it's doing, and we told that that's the big uh, confusion. We don't know what college football is going to do about anything yet, really, because it's, it's uh, so many moving parts. It's hard to tell. So college football is happening, of course. NFL is happening. But really, for the pro sports, baseball, probably hockey won't start till December. You've got a pretty good ratings opportunity there, yet, even with the Masters and some of this other stuff. But you've got a pretty good ratings opportunity in November. You can work around the election. That only affects Big Fox. Other than that, that really has nothing to do. And ABC doesn't get involved in baseball. It's only Fox uh, derivative that really do that in the ESPN and certain levels, I guess, early on. Turner Turner doesn't really get involved because CNN isn't involved. So that's fine. You know, it's it's not really going to affect anything. So that's my pie in the sky thing where you could still start a little later and have more games. And Jim Bowden did say, Chris, that like you had brought up earlier, you know, right now with what we're going through in the country, this may help determine about fans because if, 
in Texas, of course, Greg Abbott has said their governor that that they can have 50 percent fans with the stadiums open. So they have to play outdoor yeah. games, which that's the reason Texas built an indoor stadium is so they wouldn't have to play outdoor games when it's 115 in, right. in the yeah, shade. Right. But they're going to have to do it this year if they want to have any and, fans. And, and even worse, saying, they're going to have to do it in Houston, which who? Houston's about like playing an outdoor game in Miami. Right. And right. Bowden was saying this morning that if we don't have any spikes, and of course we know that, you know, the officials, Dr. Fauci and all are worried about that, you That's know, right. that we're having this happen and, and, you know, some with and without masks and all that. But w- if we don't have spikes, he said we could have fans possibly as early as August, and that would be good for the owners. That would help them recover some of this revenue that they claim they're losing, which they, I mean, they are losing it, obviously, yeah, but of course. The, the number of what they're losing, I think, is what players and the owners don't agree on. Right. But he said if, if this goes well and you have fans back within August, maybe that would help them um, you know, recover some of that. Now, here, here's the question. If you were – if Chris, if the Red Sox allowed fans right now, I mean, yeah, you'd have to wear a mask and all. Yeah. Would you go to a game? Uh, I think that with uh, with the sanitation and the things that they would do, I think I would. Uh, obviously, if you're going to eat and drink, you can't wear your mask while that's going on. But they'll also set you up in in almost your own row for your party Correct. kind of thing, you know. So I I think I'd be willing to do it. I'm, I, you think, know, I, I think I think I would too. I, I I've would been very too. safe, so I, I you know. I've been to restaurants, I've been to bars, so I'll go to a game, you know, I, I'll definitely go to a football game or something when they come back or baby, mm-hmm. you know, if I have a chance. Yeah. So, so we had a couple other baseball notes. Um, the uh, media is not going to, well, okay, I don't know what the writers are going to do, but the broadcast. The, no, writers, writers are not traveling either. All right, so yeah. writers, radio and TV are not traveling. So what you do is you do the games on a monitor from your booth. They'll be, let's say, again, I gave the example, the Red Sox in Tampa Bay. If they're playing Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, Joe Castiglione and, and the guys, Dave O'Brien and the guys will sit and watch the monitor, do the game for their folks, the Red Sox Radio Network and Nesson, and down in Tampa Bay in the ballpark would be, uh, their announcers would do the game on radio and TV for those folks. So now, the people, I guess there will the, be people in the park, and actually they would probably cooperate and get some interviews. They might be able to get some right. Interviews that way. You know? I get, well, I guess technically, Chris, they can do z- the a way people can do Zoom interviews. You know, like with the players, the manager, right. things like that that they would ordinarily do. Now, I mm-hmm. guess from what Jim Bowden was saying, the Yes Network has said that they will be doing all of their uh, TV games will be done from their studios in Connecticut, home and away, and the radio for the Yes Network will be done from WFAN studios, home and away. Yes. Well, and you know, now what they may do on FAN is they may send uh, Sweetie Murdy and Ed Coleman to the to the ballpark because they're younger. John and Susan are older, so I don't know what the Mets will do. But we're talking the Yankees right now with Sweetie Murdy. He could go and cover live from the ballpark as part of the media and be their radio representative there. And John and Susan, who are oh, you know, we know how old John and Susan are, they can stay in the studio. That makes sense, you know. Yeah, and you may and you may see that also with. Uh, if you know with Pat Hughes when the Cubs are at home, you may see him stay in a studio. Um, Eric Nadell. Yes, uh, but you, you, may see, is, so you may see you may see Zach and uh, Ron Coomer be at the ballpark. Yes, that's right. Now, the other thing, and, and we'll see what Joe wants to do, uh, Joe Castiglione, but the other thing, too, is you were going to get Mike Shannon and Bob Uecker on all the games because there's no travel involved. Wherever they're going to be is where they're going to be. So they'll be able to do all the games, you know? So that'll, that'll right. be yeah, and no, folks and like so, that. And since the A's don't have a radio uh, network uh, uh, flagship, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. I guess I guess Ken Korak and Vince Catronio for the radio would probably be doing 
doing it from the TV studios in San Francisco. Or, from, with, or, uh, from, or from wherever. Uh, speaking yeah, of the yeah. A's, John Fisher has res- has reversed himself. Uh, I wonder if Commissioner Manford maybe didn't give him a little bit of a shakedown because he now says that he will pay his minor leaguers through the end of August. Okay. And then Washington's ownership was embarrassed by their players who said they would help to pay the minor league players. Finally, the Washington uh, National World Champions and everything finally said, yeah, I guess we could pay the players. So, you know, they're going to get paid. Yeah. Another quick thing on that baseball. This is, the, of course, tonight the 30 for 30 is Bruce Lee. So, yeah, it's a story of which I don't get that one, but I guess it's sort of sports related. But next week, and it's interesting, we we're talking about baseball and scandals. And if they come back or if they don't, do the fans go? It'll be a, re- like I said, it'll be a reminder. Next week is the two part of McGuire Sosa that temporarily saved baseball. I brought him back after the 94. Uh, you know, so you'll see the two part on all that, the lead up from the strike all the way to the to the home run chase and supposedly going into the, the scandal that everything was uncovered. OK, so now we have uh, our segment on death. And unfortunately, there's 11 uh, all together to go through. Uh, but Marty had put in a phone call, which we mentioned earlier in the show. So, uh, Bill, if you have that, you can play that and then we'll uh, bounce off of that and go go on. Yeah, this calls for Sports Lounge Live. This is Marty here on Saturday, um, and you guys are doing a great job. I'm already going to say that early because uh, I know you will be tomorrow. And I uh, just had a couple things for you. Uh, number one, I'm sure, Chris, you got the deaths of Wes Unseld, um, also Pat Dye and Johnny Majors. However, I wanted to report another one for you, Lee Grosscup, who played football in Utah. I guess he's inve- or credited with inventing the shovel pass. His pro career was very... Um, unmentionable, really. He played about, I guess, 16 games, eight with the Giants and eight with the New York Titans of the AFL. Um, and if he said, uh, rather jokingly, he said, yeah, I finally quit football when I was on a uh, uh, semi-pro team and they booed me at practice. I'm not sure if that was true or not. But he, the reason I knew him is he was a uh, color analyst for the University of California from 1986 to 2004. And a great guy. Lee Grosscup died at the age of 83 on Wednesday. Also, on Wednesday, June 3rd, 1995, Pedro Martinez threw nine innings of perfect baseball. In the 10th inning, he was pulled after giving up a hit. I don't know if uh, he, was, he did it against the Padres. I'm not sure who won that game. But another sideline in 1999, he pitched in the All-Star game two innings struck out five batters which is pretty darn good and in the locker room after that game uh he was hanging out there and ted williams walked in and said man i want you to know pedro i've not seen any pitching so dominant in all my days in baseball and pedro martinez said that was the uh highlight of his career and that game of course chris which you'll probably remember was played at fenway park in 1999 so anyway great job guys uh keep up the good work and we'll talk to you soon bye yeah, it's funny about that game. Everybody was going so crazy over Pedro, and I remember that the and you know all happy and excited. Then the rest of the game, it was a typical. You know, the All Star crowd now sound like the Pro Bowl. Nobody cares what happens really, and that's what happened from then on. But the first two innings were electric. It reminded me of the old All Star game. So yes, we do have all that information. We'll go through. Um, we'll start with Pat Dye. Uh, he was 80 years old. He was a linebacker coach at Alabama under Bear Bryant from uh, 65 through 73. Then he coached at East Carolina as a head coach, 74 through 79. Then Wyoming in 1980. I don't know what happened. Just headed for Wyoming for a year. Then to Auburn, 81 through 92. He was the AD in Auburn from 81 through 91. His uh, coaching career record overall was 153, 62, and 5. In bowls, he in bowls he was seven, two, and one. He won four SEC championships and three SEC Coach of the Year awards. 
and uh, he made the college uh, basketball, uh, football hall of fame in 05 and then you know on 11-1905 the field at auburn was named after him the you know how they do the stadium but then the field was named after somebody 11-27-82 auburn beat alabama uh, 23-22 in uh, bear bryant's last regular season game and that was after nine uh, nine years in a row alabama had beaten auburn in the iron bowl so that was a big you know one of those you know it goes there with the miracle we had in 13 and stuff that's uh, for folks my age down there and, and maybe younger that is what really 82 would be one of their highlights uh, for a game and then uh, and of course well, he he coached uh, bo jackson and uh let's see uh he and was from, responsible yeah. he was responsible for actually getting the games the iron bowl played at auburn because remember it was always in birmingham and that's he right because and bear bryant said he would never play a game at auburn but, but after bear bryant was gone and pat Dye came in as a head coach they were playing him home and home Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, he did have the the virus, but he uh, had no symptoms. But uh, he died. You know, he was in, in long 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 term care, I think. Anyway, and he was uh, he did a radio show from 2013 through 2020, carried throughout the South. So that was uh, you know just on commenting on about you know, college sports and whatever he did. So you know, certainly a name uh, that we know. And uh, we later have another coach, Johnny Majors, as he mentioned. So we have uh, Lee Grosscup, as um, Marty mentioned, 83 years old, played in, in Utah. He was the 10th NFL draft choice uh, by the Giants in 1959. He played four games each in 59 and 60 for the uh, Giants, or 60 and 61, I guess. Yes, that's right, 60 and 61 for the Giants. And then he had played eight games for the Titans in 62, who, of course, the next year became the Jets. He started four games in uh, for the Jets. And then, uh, in let's see, he played in, um, let's see, in 63, uh, he played for uh, Saskatchewan and in 65 and 6 played for the Hartford Charter Oaks. I used to hear those games on WTIC in Hartford. And uh, I guess got good, good in practice, Marty said. And uh, 16 games he had in the, in the NFL. He had 100, 1,086 yards and 10 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. And uh, then 67, he did AFL football and NBC. And then he went over and started to do college on ABC with uh, Bill Fleming. Yeah. Uh, uh, Let's see. He worked worked with uh, let's see Keith Jackson, um, Chris Schenkel, and Al Michael. So he worked with a lot of and Vern Lundquist too, and Al Michael. Then USLFL, he did some analysts there. Then did the Cal games as um, Marty mentioned from '86 to '03, and then the post game starting in '04 through '18 when he retired. Uh, he died from complications of hip surgery. So that was uh, Lee Gross Cup. The third one is Wes Unseld, a good ball player. He was 74, played in Louisville from 65 through 68. He was the second pick in 68 after the behind for the Baltimore Bullets, behind uh, Big, uh, Big E, Elvin Hayes, for San Diego, I think, is who picked uh, Elvin Hayes. That's um, correct. Yeah. Uh, then he played for Baltimore and Washington Bullets from 68 through 81. He uh, won the championship uh, with the Bullets in 78 when they beat Seattle. Uh, And let's see, he was the NBA NBA Finals MVP that year. In 69, he he did what Fred Lynn did in baseball. He was the MVP and the Rookie of the Year in the 68-69 season. And there's only two two NBA players that have pulled that off, Chris. Will Chamberlain and Wes Hunchell. Yes, because I think Bill Russell started the year late because he came in from the Olympics. He might have done it too, but yeah. But that's the Fred Lynn did in baseball. Too. You don't see that very often in any league. Uh, let's see. In uh, 70, 75, he was the rebounding leader. He had uh, he retired uh, when he was uh, 41. Uh, uh, let's see. Hang on a second. He Oh, he had 10,624 points, 13,869 rebounds, and uh, 3,822 assists. 
Yeah, he was in the College Hall of Fame in 06. He got put in there. And then he went into the Washington front office in 81 to 87 as a vice president. Then the uh, the head coach of in 88 through 94 with a non-seller record of 202 and 345. And that was, I think, the, the Michael Jordan years, too. And Michael was there, too, uh, yes. if I remember right. After yes. uh, No, that was a too early. I'm sorry. I'm on the that wrong day. That, yeah, that was already before, yeah. Yeah, then, yeah, okay. And then he was the GM of Washington. You know, still stayed around, 96 to 03. And then he died of a pneumonia, et cetera. Also, uh, he also was in the Naismith Hall of Fame in, in 88, the, the overall basketball Hall of Fame, uh, James Naismith. Yes. Okay, we go to a horse. We have two horses this week. Arrowgate with seven. Poor Arrowgate, that's young. Grandson of uh, the 90 Derby winner and uh, the Breeders' Cup championship, a champion unbridled. And he won uh, the 16 Traverse Stakes and also the Breeders' Cup uh, Classic in uh, 16. He was trained by Bob Baffert. He uh, was 11. He raced in 11 races, seven wins, uh, two, uh, let's see, two one uh, two seconds, I think, and one uh, one third, and he retired after sixteen. Uh, he had uh, what happened was, and this is really sad. Suddenly, he had soreness in his neck. He fell in his stall. He couldn't get up. They uh, they euthanized him last Tuesday, six oh two twenty. And uh, he once a horse can't get up, uh, they checked him over, and there were just different other medical problems they discovered. So it's just a, a young death for a horse, that's for sure. Johnny Majors, another prominent coach, eighty five years old. He was the defensive coach, defensive assistant at Tennessee from uh, 57 through 59. Then it went with that same position, I think, at Mississippi State, 60 through 63. Arkansas, 64 through 67. Then the head at Iowa State. Did you know that, Perry? I did know that he he was actually quite beloved here in Ames, even though I don't yeah. believe he was that I don't believe he was that great at Ames at Iowa State, but they, no, no, he wasn't that good. The, fan, he the was fans beloved. love him. They do. Sixty-eight through seventy-two, he was at Iowa State. Then he went to Pitt from seventy-three through seventy-six. Tennessee, seventy-seven through ninety-two. Pitt again, ninety-three through ninety-six, and uh, he won the national championship in uh, seventy-six. Uh, with Pitt. Tony Dorsett. With Tony back Dorsett. Yeah. Dorsett. Not Dorsett yeah. yet. He was Dorsett. Yeah. He was Dorsett uh, back then still. So. Yeah, he was. Uh, 185, 137, and 10, and 9 and 6 in bowl. And uh, he coached of the year in uh, 73 and in 76, and the Sporting News Coach of the Year in 76, SEC Coach of the Year in 85, and College Hall of Fame in 87. So quite a career for him. Pleasantly perfect, another horse died. Now, this is more typical. At 22, he was the 03 uh, Classic. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry. He was the son of, um, of uh, Pleasant Colony, who, uh, who had won the 81 Derby. And uh, he won the, uh, but he did win the Breeders' uh, Cup Classic in 03. Uh, let's see. And the grandson of, of Affirmed, who won the 78 Triple Crown uh, winner. And then he died of natural causes. Brad Babcock, 81 years old. James Madison baseball coach from 71 through 89. He made five NCAA tournaments, 76, 80, 81, 83, and 88, uh, and the 83 College World Series. He, his record was 555 and 251. Very good. Uh, that was a loaded College World Series. He Texas, Stanford. That was, that was, okay. Uh, and for him to even get a win in that College World Series was amazing. Yeah, uh, his home, a very good home record of 339 and 71. 
they uh, they were joined Division One in '77, and uh, he was assistant uh, football coach. He was the JV basketball coach at various points. He was the head uh, and then and, uh, the head of the uh, JV basketball. He uh, was a phys ed teacher there. After '89, he worked for the school. Retired in '03, and, and he was assistant athletic director. So there you go. He's just an all-round uh, James James Madison guy. Bobby Locke. He had kind of a spotty career. He was 86 years old. Uh, he was pitched for Cleveland from 59 through 61. And then he pitched one game for the Cardinals in 62, and then Philadelphia in 62 through 64, five, nine, and eight games respectively. So obviously he was in the minors a lot. Cincinnati in 65, the California Angels 67 through 68. And then he started 23 of 165 games that he appeared in. He had a 16 and 15 record, 4.02 ERA, and uh, uh, 194 strikeouts and 10 saves. So one of those uh, journeyman relievers that you'd see from time to time. So we go to Kurt Thomas that Marty mentioned, 64. He was in uh, Indiana State. So he was, I think, there around the same time as Larry Bird. Uh, He was a gymnast there, a five-time champion. Uh, in 77 and 79, he was a, a, a he was a champion in Indiana State. He won in 77, uh, and then he won the, won the Nissan Award for the top gymnast in 79. In 75, he was the Pan Am. Uh, he got a silver medal in the Pan Am Games, and then let's see, and he got a, a bronze. A bronze medal, uh, two bronze medals. Then in 78, he got the uh, world championship, uh, and then uh, let's see. And then he, of course, did not. There were, he was at the U.S. Olympics in 76, but uh, no medals there. But he was favored in 80, but we didn't go to the Olympics in 80 because it was in Moscow and we had had the problem with Russians invading Afghanistan and all that. So we didn't go, uh, and uh, we, we boycotted them. So uh, did not compete in the 84 Olympics, went pro, and then in 92 competed, and he made the Olympic trials, but he did not make the team. He's in the Indiana State Hall of Fame. Uh, he got he made that in 99. And then uh, let's see, uh, what else we got for him? Uh, died of a stroke uh, just recently. So that was it for him. Um, and I think, oh, we've got a couple of deaths over here. I'm sorry. The latest ones. Yeah. Hot off the press. Dave, thanks to David USF for all this information, of course. Um, we have, hang on, I'm finding Ken Riley, 72 years old, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, defensive back, 79, 69 through 83. So he came to the Bengals the second year of their existence. He had uh, 201 of uh, uh, 207 games that he played and he started. He was uh, he had 65 interceptions, 596 yards on returns of those interceptions, and 18 fumble recoveries, and uh, 96 yards on uh, on uh, those re- recoveries. He had five touchdowns, all from interceptions. Uh, he, he fumbled three times while running the ball back during interceptions and fumbles. He returned kicks 14 times for uh, three. Uh, let's see, for 334 yards, uh, and those are all Bengals records. Uh, but he never made the Pro Bowl. Uh, let's see. And uh, he uh, never made the Pro Bowl. And uh, he was an assistant coach at Green Bay in 84 and 85. And then uh, Florida and A&M, he coached there from 86 through 93, the head coach, 48, 39, and 2. And then uh, two conference titles and two MIAC Coach of the Year awards. And he was the AD at Florida A&M from 94 through 03. And finally, we have Rache Caldwell, unfortunately, died today. He was 41 years old. Played, Actually, it was, yesterday, it was last night. It was yesterday. Last night. Okay. Yeah. So, 41 years old. Uh, started out with the San Diego Chargers, 02 through 05. Then he was a free agent, came to the Patriots in 06. Uh, then he was with Washington in 07. Had a good year here in 07. And then I played eight games, I think, in uh, 
and then about that with Washington. And then in three twenty five oh eight, he he went to the St. Louis Rams, but he didn't make the. He was released in the preseason, and he had one hundred. Uh, 52 reception, 1,851 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And then he did. Uh, he he ran the ball 14 times for 108 yards. Uh, he played the high school baseball, hit 379. And in 1998, the Cincinnati Reds drafted him, but he chose to go to Florida, where he went to college. Unfortunately, his background, uh, he went into uh, criminal activity, got involved with drugs, and also a medical uh, thing, which I think we even covered. There were a bunch of players who uh, did some medical fraud together, and I think he might have been in that case. Remember in January? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Yep. So, and, and, so he, and he, he was that. shot. He was shot in his backyard. Somebody was breaking into his house. Him and his wife they were going out for a date night, mm-hmm. and he yep. heard a prowler. Yeah, and he was shot. Right. So whether it's somebody who knew him, you know, from other activities, those things come out later. You know, we don't know. Yeah. But anyway, he had uh, he he was apparently you know had gotten out of jail, had drug convictions, but he did uh, he was out of jail at the time. So anyway, so now we have this day in history. The deaths are over. Thank goodness, my goodness. Yeah, that that's yeah. way too many guys. It is. Way... And what are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? So June first of uh, thirty six, we had Bill Dietrich pitched a no hitter for the Chicago White Sox against the St. Louis Browns. 75, Nolan Ryan got his fourth no-hitter against Baltimore. In 2012, Johan Santana got the first ever no, a New York Mets no-hitter. And he and also... surprising. And, yeah, and well, that, was, that was a legendary you know, thing in baseball. They were around so long and had no no-hitters. I mean, you know, it, it well, happens. And look at all the guys they had with them that yep. had no-hitters of other places. And all, yeah, I mean, Nolan, Ryan, Tom, Nolan Ryan, Nolan Ryan, Tom, Tom Seaver, yep. Dwight. Well, Nolan Ryan, see, guys. what people don't remember about Nolan Ryan, uh, remember, they traded him for Jim Fergosi, who was a good player and a veteran player, and that was fine in, in, in a way. But Nolan Ryan was sort of like, he was so wild, he really settled down when he got to the Angels. He wasn't the, as much of a good pitcher with the Mets. Yeah. As, yeah, I don't know what his Mets record is, but I think a Mets fan would tell you that he was good, and you knew he could get it together perhaps. But he was a little like Sandy Koufax. You know, Sandy Koufax had a long a bunch of his career at the beginning where he wasn't that effective. He was wild, as was but, Ryan. He'd walk these, as many as he struck out. So. But all these Hall of Fame pitchers and no no-hitters for 50 years, and still, to this day, the only person, you know, Hans Santana, the only person they pitch a no-hitter. Right, and then he ruined, by doing that, he ruined his career. Yeah, and you know, matter yeah. of fact, I, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, I believe that was the last game he ever pitched I think pitched it was. In. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, that was. And I remember, I remember that year before, it was between, I think, the Red Sox, the Mets, and the Yankees, and they were all courting them. You know, the whole Northeast was agog at the where this guy's going to go. And he went to the Mets, and the Yankee and Red Sox fans, uh, looking back on it, say, well, that worked out for us. So that was a big <laughs> contract. They had to pay him a long time. Yep. In 1979, Seattle beat the Washington Bullets four games to one to win their one and only NBA championship. Yep. In 92, Pittsburgh won the Stanley Cup over Chicago four games to two. That's and, correct. uh, Okay, that let's see. Uh, okay, all right. First, so go to that's I think the first. We go to the second. Nineteen twenty-five. Wally Pipp. We hear about him all the time. Wally Pipp, the guy who said, "I have a headache and I'm not going to play." And Lou Gehrig came in, and Wally Pipp was never seen again, at least on a Yankee field playing first base. Well, <laughs> Lou Gehrig played uh, well over fifteen hundred games, whatever. Got through nineteen two thousand one hundred. It was two thousand one hundred and thirty. There you go. Two thousand one hundred thirty played till nineteen thirty nine, when of course he came down with ALS and died. So he died on sixteen years to the day after that day, June second, nineteen forty one. Yeah, my and brother, of course, my Cal, late brother was. Cal Ripken came along later and shattered his consecutive games. That's right. Okay. Uh, let's see. 
We in '35, Babe Ruth announced his retirement. Remember, we had this story about how he hit the three home runs against Pittsburgh for the Braves. He only uh, he only played 28 games for the Braves, and then he he retired. And in 1962, Rod Laver won the French Open. That was the uh, second of the Grand Slam events that he won in 1962. And let's see, we're going on to the third. Yes, we are. In 2018, we have uh, uh, 1918. See, I write these 18s. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Dutch Leonard had a second no-hitter for the Red Sox that, that day. In 87, Chicago and Houston played uh, a game that the Cubs beat the Astros in the Astrodome 22-7, to but there were three grand slams. Billy Hatcher of the Astros hit one. Uh, Brian... Uh, Goyette, I guess. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he won. He hit one. And Keith Morrow and your old buddy there out in, uh, you know, Austin yep. hit one. And I, do remember, and I do remember that game, Chris. Okay, there you go. Yeah. You would. A 22 to 7. I, I remember Cleveland, Red Sox beating Cleveland 28 to 5, I think it was, in uh, Cleveland one time. It's fun when you get those. In 89, a 22 inning game that started at 7.36 p.m. in the Astrodome went to 2.50 a.m., so it was 7 hours and 14 minutes, the longest game by time in baseball history. And, Without uh, a curfew break or anything like that, the longest by time. I did confirm that, of yeah. course. It's not the longest inning wise, but it is the longest time. Yeah, we had a 26 inning game. We talked about with the Braves and Dodgers uh, from here in Boston, but uh, this for, for uh, time, 7-14. And uh, so there you go. That was cool. And let's see. Uh, and also on the third, and we, we got this one from MLB uh, Radio because they played this game. Albert Pujols hit his 600th home run the 3rd of June in 2017. Thanks to yes. Perry for confirming what the date was on that because uh, I didn't know what year it was, but because uh, I missed the beginning of it. In On June 4th and 27, uh, the United States beat Europe in the Ryder Cup. Cup, and uh, Walter Hagen was the, the captain. Uh, that was the first that was Ryder Cup. First, that was the very first Ryder Cup. Yep. Detroit, uh, actually the 4th of June was kind of a busier day than uh, than had been thought. Detroit beat Pittsburgh four games to two to win uh, their last Stanley Cup in 2008. And Ken Cow uh, was not able to do the game except for the last minute. He had a throw problem. And his color man, and I don't know who it was, uh, filled in very well. I thought I listened to some of that. But then Ken Cow did do the last minute. They knew they were going to win it. He did do the last minute. And, of course, uh, they have been nowhere near a Stanley Cup since. And uh, but Ken Cal, uh, who's was there for the cups in the '90s uh, as well, so it was good that he, but he was able to finish uh, finish it off. 2011, um, the Cincinnati Red beat the Red Sox, uh, the Braves, I should say, 26 to, in 1911. 1911. Yeah, I do keep doing that. I got to write that down better. Cincinnati beat the Braves uh, 26 to three, and 13 players on the Red scored run. That's pretty cool. In 64, Sandy Koufax, he pitched his third of four no-hitters. In 68, uh, Don Drysdale pitches six shutout in a row, and that was uh, 54 innings, therefore, the six complete games. And, uh, and of course, he pitched uh, – uh, it ended, I think it was four and two-thirds uh, innings. Yeah, he went. it was 58 yeah. and two-thirds, and Oral right. Hersheiser came Oral along in Hersheiser beat that. That, that streak ended on June 8th. And uh, so we can just already say that for tomorrow. But right. um, that was the night that Bobby Kennedy was shot early in the morning of the 5th, even in California. It was as late as that, I finally heard. And, and, and that night after the game, didn't Bobby Kennedy make reference saying, hey, he I did, don't he did make reference given. to Don Drysdale. Yeah, yes, something yes. about being being as good of, as uh, Don, good as night for him as uh, Don Drysdale because uh, he won the primary. And then uh, let's see. Let's see. We have. Oh yes. All right. The beer. The ten cent beer night in Cleveland. Oh yes. Nineteen seventy four. 
this was cool. I heard this game and uh, I heard Joe uh, Joe Tate and Herb Score do it, and boy, it was just pandemonium. <laughs> so five to five tie. And I think they ended up forfeiting in the game to the Rangers uh, because of that, because they couldn't control the crowd, if I recall. And uh, there was ten cent beer night, and uh, let's see, sixty thousand beers were uh, cups were were uh, sold. So yes, that was a drunk crowd. And also on that date. Uh, Phoenix and the, and the Celtics played their game five in the finals, which went into triple overtime. And one of the this famous... is one. This is one game I will never forget. Oh, oh no, was... it was crazy. And <laughs> I was... could have been there. We did. We decided not to get tickets because the Celtics had beaten Phoenix pretty easily, game, games one and two. And uh, we said, well, well, uh, my friend Ralph and I, we went to the ball game. Rick stayed home and watched the game. But then on the way home, we were, you know, the Red Sox were over. But I'd been following the game. You know, you could pretty much follow both very easily. And so we're on the way home with my little radio. I've got that. And so we're standing in the subway station and people are gathering around us listening to the game. And then uh, one overtime would end and a bunch would go on the train. The next overtime would come and another crowd would gather. And finally, you know, I got home. I was I didn't live far away because I lived in what's called Cleveland Circle. I got home before his wife calls me up. Where is he? I said, well, we had this game. She didn't have any idea. But it was done by Brent Muttberger and Mindy Rudolph on, on TV. And, uh, you know, you see that on classic uh, sports all over yeah, the place. Yeah, it pops up a lot. On- yeah, that, 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 that was yeah. a very That was a very famous this game where Gar, uh, Garfield heard hit that incredible shot to yep. send it in the third overtime. And, and when it, they, a bad rule, there was a, uh, they called the timeout they didn't have, Phoenix did. All that happened was the Celtics got a technical foul shot, but then Phoenix got the ball back. And it should have gone, you know, and they changed the rule. Now if you do that, the other, you know, the team that uh, that happens to gets the ball back, too. That, that was, that was, Chris, that was Chris Weber before Chris Weber, Chris. <laughs> That's right. I think they knew they didn't have it. I, they just wanted to, you know, uh, set themselves up. They, they were just <laughs> desperate. So yeah. that was... Uh, Okay, then on, on, on June 5th, we have some Belmonts here for the rest of it and, and a couple other notes. June 5th of 37, War, War Admiral won the uh, Belmont Stakes, and these are all Belmonts, of course, uh, by the time we get to this time in June. And we have some horses that knocked off triple potential Triple Crown winners and some who won Triple Crown. So War Admiral in 37 won the Triple Crown in on June 5th. In 77, uh, another thing that happened was Portland beat Philadelphia four games to two to win their only NBA championship so far. That was when that owner of the uh, Sixers started to say, we owe you one. Well, we owe you two. Well, we owe you now. Okay. Finally, in 83, (laughs) (laughs) you know, got to to win one. In 48, I think, I'm pretty sure Citation would have won the uh, Triple Crown that day. Should have been June 5th, looking at it. 71 pass catcher won, and uh, he beat uh, he beat Cannonero the second, who was going for the triple crown. In Must 04, have been a good wide receiver there, Chris. Yeah, really. Oh four, <laughs> Birdstone won it, who beat Smarty Jones. Remember Smarty Jones? He was going yep. for the triple crown. Yes. June sixth, the Celtics won that championship. I had almost forgotten to write it down, but they beat the uh, Suns. Four, uh, four games to two. That was a lethargic game. I'm telling you, I, I I had to go do something, but I taped it. I put it on my tape recorder and I listened to it later. It was a lethargic. It was like 86 to 75 or something. It was low that scoring. Was two teams that were physically they were so, exhausted. so tired and the Celtics mm-hmm. are old. You know, this is yeah. Havlicek and Don Nelson. And these guys are old and they, they got it. They got it done. And you know, the, one of the reasons they won that game was Glenn McDonald was the only pair of fresh legs that came out there and hit a bunch of shots near the end. The rookie who hadn't been playing much at all. So right. yeah, it was Celtic did win it and uh, you know won that championship, so that was cool. But it was like eighty six to seventy five or something. Victory Gallup won in uh, won in ninety eight, and he beat uh, real real quiet. Remember him going for the triple crown, and in fifteen American Pharaoh won the triple crown, of course. And uh, today in history, six oh seven fifty eight Cabin, I think that was the name. It was hard for me to understand what Miss Say said, but uh, won the won the. Um, 
Belmont to beat Tim Tam, who had won two races. 69, Arts and Letters won uh, the race uh, to beat Majestic Prince, who had won the first two. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else we got? 97, it was Touch Gold, who beat Out Silver Charm, who was going for the Triple Crown. And an 03, Empire uh, Maker uh, beat Out Funny Side, who was going for the Triple Crown. There were a lot of close ones. You know, they, they, that really, and that always set things up for the Belmont. You know, if we have two winners of the Derby and Preakness. Nobody watches the Belmont hardly. But when you got somebody going for the Triple Crown, that, that always adds a lot. And then in 08, Datira uh, beat Big Brown, who had won the first two. And in 14, uh, Tomalus is the name I got of it. Anyway, he beat uh, California Chrome, who had won the first two. And uh, let's see, I think, let me just uh, think. Yes, I think that is it. Well, and as we, as, as Marty mentioned earlier, it's about Jim Abbott winning in his, uh, you know, World, College World Series in 87 over Stanford, for Michigan, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, so... And uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's all we have for. Uh, I think that's history. it. Hopefully, hopefully by this time next week we'll have some positive news on baseball to report. I hope. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I know. There's a lot of baseball fans out there, and you know, uh, we want to bring you nothing but good news, but we have to report the facts as we know them. So. Well, I have a feeling that there will be some progress this week. Again, Perry and I have bets with various people, uh, you know, about <laughs> mythical beers and this and that. But I think there'll be some positive news. I think it was a good cooling off period to just go away for three days, not even talk to anybody, not do anything, and get your get your ducks in a row. Maybe they'll start talking again tomorrow. I hope so. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, I think that Sean is going to talk to us. Yes, he will. Yes, I am. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight, uh, those of you live. If you want to get this on the podcast, of course, you can download it at legendoldies.com or type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher. You can also do that for all things radio or for the coffee club. You do Wednesday coffee. That's what you do for that. Uh, Or you can go 773-572. 3006. Option number nine for Sports Times Live. Option eight, All Things Radio. Seven for uh, for the Coffee Club. Coffee Four Club. through six, the legendary Bill Sparks music shows that he does. And then, of course, option three, some old-time radio and Indiana School for the Blind Alumni and option one and two. So check all that out. If you want to contact us anytime throughout the week, Sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net. Or 800-693-0595, option number two. Say it's for Sports Lounge Live, and we will play it. Hey, Marty's been our main contributor to the voice yes. so far. So yes. we, we love Marty, but hey, anybody else? Don't be Marty's not shy. Don't be don't be shy. We'll we'll talk about it. And and we actually, like I said, we have some sports some more sports coming this week, more coming next week, and hopefully some good news about. Others will have more on the NHL, the baseball, uh, all kinds of stuff. Colleges are opening up now with workouts, and it's getting it's getting interesting now. I forgot so to mention, we'll though, something that Pierre told us, that five University of Alabama players have the virus, however. So, and now, yeah, they and now three, three from Auburn and a few from Texas A&M. Oh, and not uh, only yes, that, uh, boxer uh, uh, Kayla Mayer also uh, was diagnosed with the right. virus today, so she was pulled out of the Tuesday fight uh, for top rank. Yeah, it's got to so, be watched, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. All right, so well, I guess on that note... Uh, oh, and we, we need to wish Sean a very happy anniversary, We do, guys. we forgot. I was going to do yeah. that at the beginning, and I forgot. Sean, happy anniversary. I guess you guys celebrated that yesterday. And uh, when yeah, else you had your, tra- well, had your traditional yeah, shot at around 4 o'clock uh, your time? Yeah, our, our anniversary is on D-Day, on the anniversary of D-Day and the anniversary of Urban Cowboy coming out. And it was the day there was a convoy on the 16th. <laughs> 
There you okay. go. That's right. It was all the bears and all those guys. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, so, Bill, okay. so, Bill, next Saturday on the country show, Bill, you get play convoy in the red dedicated. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. Convoy. Right, we'll see you guys next week. week. We'll see you everybody next, next week. week. Take, Take care, care guys. Folks.